Hello, and welcome back to Falling in Love with Yourself. This is episode 46, and we will be talking about loving yourself while dating. Some of you know, many of you know that I am out dating again, and I always share my life and what I'm going through from the lens of self-love. And dating has been amazing to walk my walk and practice all of the tools that I embody and share with you. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you are dating or thinking about getting out there, here is a question that I want you to ponder throughout this episode. Am I more interested in whether I like him or whether he likes me? Which is your focus? Because I have been dating for the last four years since my divorce, and there have been times when I was more focused on them being interested in me rather than me being interested in them. And I've hit my sweet spot because I care more whether I like them than they like me. So I want you to think about that. The other thing is I'm going to be talking a lot, uh, giving you a lot of book references, but one that is not in the actual body of this podcast episode is Modern Romance by um, Aziz Ansari. I loved him in Parks and Rec. It's a great book. I listened to it on Audible. So put that on your list to listen to. Before we get to the episode, you guys, oh my gosh, I have the most amazing group of women that meet on Zoom every Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific time or 5.30 Pacific time. I extended our falling in love with myself tribe Zooms to the afternoon for those of you who are not available Monday mornings. It is an amazing hour to kick off your week, to be held accountable for self-love, and just to bond and with amazing women who love themselves unconditionally, and we all love each other unconditionally. We are always welcoming new ladies with open arms, and I hope you'll consider either joining us at 8 a.m. Monday mornings or 5.30 p.m., Monday afternoons or evenings, depending where you are on Zoom. Hit me up on Instagram at Jenny underscore Drake underscore if you would like the Zoom link. Also, we had our first session of the Welcome Home Book Group, A Guide to Building a Home for Your Soul by Nejwa Zebian. I also talk about this book in this dating episode, but it's not just for any single people. We met on Friday afternoon on Zoom at 4.30 p.m. Pacific time, and we will continue to meet for the next five weeks. We are talking about two chapters a week. This coming Friday, September 10th, will be chapter two, which is self-love, yay, and chapter three, forgiveness. So if you would like to join our book group, it is such a phenomenal book, you guys. I just was talking to someone who was applying, she's a competitive athlete, and she was applying this book um, to her competitive sports and the relationships that she has through competitive sports. It's, it's a book for anyone. Um, so I hope you'll be interested in joining our Welcome Home book group. Again, hit me up on Instagram, Jenny underscore Drake underscore, or my website, Jenny-Drake.com for Zoom links for either our Falling in Love with Myself tribe or the Welcome Home book group. I do want to give just a disclaimer about this upcoming episode. I am a heterosexual woman. Um, so I speak in terms of dating in a heterosexual manner. However, I am not meaning to disclude the LGBTQ communities. And hopefully, regardless of who you're dating, or even if you're not dating at all, you will still get so much out of this episode. I know that for a fact. Um, if you're an Apple podcast listener, would you mind just giving me a rating and a review? 
that would help me so much to get the word of self-love out there. And of course, if you know anyone dating, um, please share this episode with them. I would be so greatly appreciative of that. All right. We will be back in just a few minutes and talk about loving yourself while dating. and welcome to Falling in Love with Yourself. We all want more love, right? And most of us spend a lifetime looking for love. But we look from external sources, romantic relationships, family members, careers, even food, drugs, or material items. My name is Jenny Drake, and this podcast is to guide you back to your greatest source of love, yourself. We have been conditioned to believe that loving ourselves first is selfish. It is not selfish. As a matter of fact, it is the pathway to happiness, joy, and fulfillment. The root of all of our happiness and unhappiness begins with the relationship we have with ourselves. We hear often that we need more self-love, but I am here to teach you how. Whether you are single or in a relationship, a stay-at-home mom, or a CEO. We can all grow in areas of self-acceptance, self-compassion, self-trust, and self-fulfillment. I am a divorced, empty nester, mother of two that is living her best life. Now, I wasn't always living my best life. I am a recovering perfectionist, a recovering control freak, a recovering people pleaser, and a recovering martyr. I also have the gift gift of gab and transparency, so you will hear lots of details about how I practice my recovery of all of these traits through the process of loving myself. I'll also share exercises and suggestions that I use with my coaching clients that have helped them break down barriers in all areas of life. So grab a mug or a glass and fill it with your favorite beverage. Consider this episode a date with yourself. Are you ready and excited to fall madly and deeply back in love with yourself? Welcome back to Falling in Love with Yourself. This is episode 46, Loving Yourself Through Dating. So I'm going to ask you some questions. And again, You might be dating right now, or you might be thinking about dating. Even if you're in a relationship, married, you will still get something out of this because I'm going to talk about the four self-love pillars, which are self-awareness, self-acceptance, self-compassion, and self-fulfillment. They will be related to dating. However, there's always something that you can get out of this. Before I get started, I want to just give a disclaimer that this episode is about my experiences and my journey, which I am a heterosexual woman. I'm not purposely leaving out the LGBTQ plus community. This is just my experience. And most definitely you can apply this to your relationship, your experience, if you are not heterosexual. Um, but I'm not, I wanted to say, I'm not purposely leaving you out by talking about heterosexual relationships. That's just my experience. So thank you for understanding. Okay. My first pillar of self-love is self-awareness. Um, So I want to ask you, how self-aware are you and do you know who you are right now? Do you know what you like and what you don't like? If the answer is no, there is no shame in that. Please, if the answer is no and you're feeling some shame, trust me when I say I talk to a lot of women who tell me I don't even know who I am anymore, and that's okay. You might want to consider that, though, if you are dating or if you're thinking about dating. It's really 
beneficial to become more self-aware and to know about who you are um, when you are dating. It makes the dating process easier. But if not, the dating process is also a very good place to find out who you are. It's just a bumpier ride. So I can say that because throughout my four-year journey of dating, I've been in both places. I've been that person that came out of a 22-year marriage where I had no idea who I was. I was a mom, I was a wife, and my identity was completely shifting. I do have some other podcast episodes that I would love for you to go back and listen to. Um, episode number three is Loving Yourself Through Identity Crisis. I also have um, episode 11, Loving Yourself Through Being Single, which is very similar to this one, but this is specifically for being out into the dating world. Um and then I can't help but mention loving yourself through boundaries, loving yourself through um, a breakup. <laughs> boundaries is episode 23. Breakup is episode 24. So please go back and check out those episodes um, anytime to kind of fill in gaps of this dating episode. So you're going to hear me say throughout this episode, who are you right now? Because one of the things in my self-love journey that has incredibly helped me has been the ability to focus on staying in the present. I used to constantly think about the future, manipulate the future, force the future, but learning to stay present is an amazing place to be and accepting your presence, the good, the bad, the ugly, the right, wrong, all those attachments that we have to it. We don't have to have those attachments. What is the reality in the present? So who are you right now? I will never tell you when you should date. I will never tell you when you should not date. I won't tell you when you should be having sex or when not to have sex because that always bugged me when I was like exploring dating of those hard, fast rules of you should not be dating if you've been out of a relationship less than a year or something like that. Like you have the answers within you and you can do whatever the hell you want whenever you want. Just know that some choices are going to create more issues for you. But if you are aware of that and you understand that, then by all means do it. I'm giving you permission to be exactly where you are at right now. That is huge. I give you permission to be exactly where you are right now. However, like I said before, the more self-aware and the more you build that relationship with yourself, which you are because you're here right now, the happier your dating experience will be. Trust me, in this episode, you'll hear how my own self-love journey is the reason I am at where I'm at in my intentional dating with standards and boundaries. I haven't always been there. A great book, and I referenced it before, a great book for this phase in dating is a book called Welcome Home, A Guide to Building a Home for Your Soul, and it's by Nejwa Zebian. And if you start listening or reading it right now, please, by all means, hop into our book group on Zoom on Friday afternoons. It's a phenomenal book. I love it so much. And we are discussing it every Friday. You have all the answers inside of you. And you are what you attract. So post-divorce four years ago, I was looking to get rescued. 
I needed security, I needed attention, and I needed adoration. I knew my self-worth, but I had not embodied it yet, and I hadn't applied it to myself yet. So all the while, while being single, I was working on this. Even while I was in and out of dating, on apps, off apps, in relationship, out of relationship, in situationship, out of situationships, my self-awareness was always there. I was always observing myself and learning, observing and learning from myself. And the more secure I became, the more I grew my self-love. So a really great book that has helped me is, well, a theory, and I'll tell you the book reference, is Learning My Attachment Style. I am an anxious attachment. Um, I'm not going to go into attachment styles in this episode, but there's a book called Attached, The New Science of Adult Attachment and How to Find and Keep Love. It is by Amir Levine, and I will put the reference in the show notes. But my attachment style, so my biggest shame and judgment about myself always showed up in relationships. That's when my insecurities came out and I didn't understand why. So learning that I'm an anxious attachment style was crucial. But really where it all shifted was learning to accept that anxious attachment style. Because once you accept something, we can move through it and learn from it. And so now I still am an anxious attachment style, but I'm very secure because I learned about it and accepted it. Remember, self-acceptance is my second pillar of self-love. And I don't shame that anymore. And I really did a lot of work, um, inner child work, which I have an episode all about inner child. It's episode 14, self-love quickie inner child. I've done a lot of work with, because my anxious attachment goes back to my childhood. So once I learned about it and accepted it, I could move through it. And now I have such more secure tendencies to where I was able to step out of a relationship that wasn't serving me anymore. Um, so, and now four years later, I don't need to be rescued. I don't need the same amount of attention or adoration or security because I have learned to provide it for myself. So please check out that book and learn about attachment style. Also, it's been really helpful because, and we'll talk about this a little bit later in the episode, I know what to look for in my future partner's attachment style. I know that an avoidant attachment triggers me and it's really hard to be secure um, with an avoidant partner companion. So I'm looking for a secure attachment style or someone who has very strong, secure attachment um, who's done the work on themselves like I've done on my work. That is first and foremost in what I'm looking for. And again, I'll talk about that in a few minutes, but that takes time. You don't find out that on dating app messages or even first, second, or third dates. So I call that um, three-dimensional. And we'll talk about all of that in just a few minutes. So check out, if you don't know about attachment styles, that's a really great place to start. Somewhere deep down inside, deep, deep down inside, I knew I could provide the security, um, the validation, the love for myself. And I just made a commitment as a single person to find out how to do that. So, you know, 
that was my journey. My journey became more about falling in love with myself than falling in love with someone else to provide that for me. And that's why I have this podcast. That's why I have my coaching business. That's why I, you know, do my falling in love with myself tribe on Mondays because that became my journey. Now I'm completely secure on my own. Now I have everything I need inside of myself. I no longer need a relationship to validate my worth or to validate that I am lovable. You guys, if you would have known me four years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, this was not the case. Even though I, I'm not saying I want to be on my own for the rest of my life, I know that I 100% can be and that I can be happy if that is the case. My entire self-love coaching practice teaches this pro process. And if you're not there yet, I totally can show you and help you. This podcast is a huge part of that. If you binge my podcast, you'll be well on your way. So another thing I want to bring up that I talk about a lot on my podcast is the scarcity mindset versus the abundant mindset. If you are in the dating atmosphere, you are going to struggle if you have a scarcity mindset. There aren't enough, enough healthy men out there. Where are all the healthy men? No way. There needs to be a mindset shift. There are healthy men out there. We are just not seeing them because of the place that we are in. Trust me, been there, done that, been in that mindset. But now I can honestly tell you because I am out there dating, we are we attract what we are. And the healthier we become, I am meeting extremely healthy guys that are great. So they are out there. We just have to under, there are billions and billions of people in this world. You're telling me that there's not enough healthy, healthy men in this world. Come on. Right. So what do you want right now? Not in the future. What do you want right now? So I already talked about my first phase in dating was, I call it my neediness phase. When I, And then after my neediness phase ended, um, now <laughs> I did jump right into a relationship because I was so needy after my divorce. And I've talked about this, especially like in the breakup episode. Um, and I, I got crushed like, I thought I was going to die when he broke up with me. Looking back, like I wasn't in love with him. He wasn't. And I think I was so needy. He figured out he couldn't sustain that. He wanted to rescue me. He couldn't sustain that long term. Um, but after my neediness phase, I went into the, I just want to have fun, live life and have great sex phase. Like uh, my heart was broken. I was still processing my divorce um, and I was trying to find my footing. I had a marriage that wasn't very fun. We, you know, the life that we did live was very suppressed for me. I was not living my authentic self and I was missing a lot of attention in that marriage. So after I went through my neediness, I need to be rescued phase. I went to this, I want to have fun, live life, you know, jump out of airplanes. And so what do you think I attracted when I was in that phase? I attracted and was attracted to a very sweet, open-hearted bass player who rode a Harley, gave me tons of attention and then I after I fell in love with him, I later found out he was an active drug addict. I don't regret a minute of this relationship. It showed me what it felt like to be loved and adored. And this is also where I practice loving myself the most. 
because he has the disease of addiction, it provided the space inside of a relationship to do that. Now, now, because of this experience, one of my main dating mottos is only give my time and energy to someone I see a future with. I did see a future with him. Like that was my motto when I was dating before I got into this relationship. I did see a future with him. However, the future was false because he was had this whole life that I didn't know about. Do I judge myself for that? No, I did the best I could. Um, but now I used to give my time and energy because fun and living life and experiencing new things was the important. That was the priority. Now my priorities have shifted. And again, I'll talk about that in a few minutes when I talk about my pie graph image. I no longer give my time and energy to people I don't see a future with. So right now I'm dating, talking, I'm in that dating phase. I'm in that talking phase. If I don't see a future with them, if my, you know, my specific boxes are not checked, I gently and kindly and honestly, I don't tell them why per se. I just had to do this last week where I stepped away and I said, you know what? Thank you for the time and attention and the energy that you've given me. I just don't see that we are compatible. And, um, you know, I wanted to let you know that up front. So that's huge for me because I used to just continue to keep people in my life, either as a people pleaser or because they were providing something for me. Now, because a healthy and compatible relationship is my number one priority, I have a system. If I don't see the future with somebody, like I said, I politely step out of it. And as a recovering people pleaser, you know, that is huge. It's possible to stay present at the same time as having that healthy and compatible future in sight. But I focus on the present because if we're spending too much time in the future, that's what we're creating in our mind. And we might be missing reality along the way, which that might have been what I did in my relationship. I missed, I'm not even going to call them red flags, but maybe key indicators, definitely red flags as well, but key indicators you know, like I specifically remember a conversation, the one that comes to my mind about paying taxes that I probably should have halted and that could have been a big deal, but I didn't make it a big deal because I was like, oh, well, you know, I'll change that about him. <laughs> okay which I'll talk about again in the relationship phase. So for me, there are three phases in the dating, you know, in the dating spectrum, the talking phase, the dating phase, and the relationship phase. I used to want to jump into a relationship really fast. I wanted to jump into the relationship to for the security, for the validation. And I thought getting to know each other would be in the relationship phase. I'm completely different now. So let's go through these phases. Number one, talking phase. This is an observing phase. I don't move on to the dating phase if the talking phase does not have some key indicators for me. One of the key indicators is, does he want to know about me? That's super important to me. Is he more interested in learning about me than telling me about himself? It could be 50-50, but in my mind, it's 60-40. I want him a little bit more interested in learning about me than telling himself about me. We all know those men were in the talking phase where they just want to talk about themselves. Bye-bye. Nope. 
And then when he does learn about me, does he remember it? Does he, when I talk about my children, does he know where my children go to school? You know, does he know, like if I say, oh, I'm running seven miles tomorrow, does he reference how was your run? You know, um, that's really important in the talking phase, especially like on dating apps. I don't give them my phone number to text or go off the app until I know that they're a real person and genuinely interested in getting to know me. And then I will give them, you know, my number to text or to call. The other thing in the talking phase that I'm very observant about, about myself, is am I driving the train? Am I asking the questions? Am I wanting to progress forward faster than them? Because that's been a past practice of mine as well, is me driving the train. And what I've learned is what that attracts is men who allow me to drive the train and take a back seat. And I don't love that. I want us both in certain ways to be, you know, progressing forward. And I don't want to be the one that has all of that masculine energy. Um, a really great book at this phase is called Single is Your Superpower, Catch Feelings for Yourself. And it's by Case Kenny. It's a really great little workbook that um, I actually filled out on an airplane. It was really great. So I really recommend that. So the next phase it, after the talking phase is the dating phase. And you guys, this is where I've changed the most. This dating phase is sacred to me. I, Like I said, I used to jump right into relationships for security and then get to know if we are emotionally compatible, physically compatible. Nope, not anymore. The dating phase is sacred and crucial. Um, now, I'm going to talk a little bit about sex but I am going to do a future podcast episode just about sex, but sex can encourage exclusivity and relationship right off the bat. So I'm not saying I'm not one of those people that's going to say, wait three dates to have sex or whatever. That's about you. And I've done lots of different things, but I've been on the receiving end before where I've wanted to jump into exclusive. It's, it's all about really how many sexual partners you are comfortable with. And that's only something that you're comfortable knowing. Um, and there is a lot of shame and societal beliefs and family beliefs around sex. And that's why I'm going to do a, a future podcast episode about it, but just know that sex does, can, not always, change that exclusivity. Um, so be aware of that and open communication. Um, you know, I am not one of those women that gets emotionally attached through sex. It's weird and it's just who I am. I've always been like that. Um, I'm different though. So I'm very... Sex to me doesn't mean we're in a relationship or we're exclusive or whatever. Um, but I definitely have the conversation about multiple sex partners and safety and and all of that. Um, this is where I'm like, oh my gosh, thank goodness my children do not listen to my podcast. But it's an important conversation to have and it just requires honesty. And just know that sex can change things. I met a guy who I was just like, I'm still dating other people. And he was like, well, he wanted to get into the relationship. And I was like, whoa, 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 you know, hold back, buddy. Um, but the dating phase is really about observing in different scenarios. And what patience is key. Like this is where meditation comes in. This is where staying present in the moment. This is where observing our thoughts and our emotions and our soul is so crucial. 
So I want to throw out a couple other books for you that really help with this practice of being patient and not forcing things and rushing through the dating phase. And I love the book, The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. Um, not It has nothing to do with dating, but it has to do with detaching from our thoughts and our emotions and observing them. And that is such a great practice in this dating phase. I'm also looking for if words and actions align during the dating phase. Now, we always focus on if, you know, well, not always, but it's more common for actions to be less than what they say, right? Like when we say, do their words and actions, are they consistent? I had a different scenario in my last relationship where he was telling me over and over at the beginning of the relationship, I don't know if I'm healthy enough to be in a relationship. I'm probably not healthy enough to be in a relationship, but his actions were relationship minded. His actions showed different. And I believed his actions rather than his words. And guess what? Two and a half years later, when we broke up, it was because he wasn't healthy enough to be in a relationship. So now I don't say, oh, do the words and actions meet, you know, or, or are they consistent? Do they align? Pay attention to both. And are they in alignment with each other? And if the if they're not in alignment, that is important information. Which do you believe? I chose to believe the actions. His words were the truth. So learn from that. Um, in this dating phase, it's really normal to, we talked about this a little bit, make assumptions, fill in the gaps with what we hope to be the case. This is where, you know, if we spend a lot of time in the future, we, we, um, you know, have fantasies about what our life could be. That's normal and okay, but observe them and not attach to them. And that's why I brought up the untethered soul. It's okay to be like, oh, what would life be like with him? Especially distance wise, like, you know, they live an hour away. It's, it's okay to go into the future and be like, okay, how would this work in a relationship? You know, that's okay. But Going into the fantasy of, oh, he, I'm going to move to that destination or is he going to, you know, take it one step at a time and little by little things will be revealed and be patient, stay present. Um, a big dating motto, I have tons of dating mottos, a big dating motto in this dating phase is flow over force. Oh my gosh. I used to create experiences, force results. They didn't happen organically. How can you build a healthy relationship if we are forcing everything? So now, after truly falling in love with myself, again, I have more patience. I also have more faith that what will be will be. And I don't have to force it anymore. What will flow into my life is meant for learning and experiences and what will flow out of my life. And I have more confidence in not having to force or rush things. I have learned that flowing naturally and organically, those things create a happier, more serene and healthier life for me rather than the things that I had to force. If you go back and listen to my podcast, I totally forced getting married and it was a disaster. I forced that, me, myself, because I wanted security. So when I force, I create other issues that I have to deal with down the road. Huge light bulb moment for me. Now, one might say, that going on dating apps could be forcing. Like, Jen, why aren't you just sitting back and waiting for Mr. Right to flow into your life? Now, 
I know it's a numbers game as well. So putting myself out there on a dating app ups my chances. And again, dating for me is all about walking my walk of self-love, practicing my self-love tools, meeting interesting people along the way. So that's why I believe in dating apps for myself, but I support other people who want to do it the organic, natural way. Trust me, if I had my way, I would love to meet someone through a setup, mutual friends, or at one of my 12-step meetings, actually. There are different ways. I still put myself out there in those ways. I just do the dating apps because it's a great way to like practice all these tools. It's a great way to practice dating. All right, so the relationship phase when to get into a relationship. I I always go by when you know, you know. And that's why I have no regrets. Like I wanted to be in that relationship with, with my ex-boyfriend. Um, but now that I'm aware, I'm not going to rush into a relationship that does not have the, my pie graph. <laughs> I'll talk about that coming up. But before... Are you secure enough to get into a relationship with having an honest conversation about expectations about what a relationship is? And if you're not secure in having that honest conversation, and if he's not uh, secure in having, receiving that conversation and being a part of that conversation, that's huge right there. Like, I missed the red flag and I will call it a red flag of when I tried to say, okay, if we're going to be exclusive, if we're going to put a label on it, if we're going to make it Facebook, you know, official, let's have a conversation about, you know, expectations and time commitments and all of that. He said, let's just see how it goes. Let's just talk about those things as they come up. Mm, red flag, that's avoidant. That is not secure. That is avoidant. Those are the things that I'm looking for now. How does he react when I want to have deep, heartfelt communication? And if he makes a joke or if he pushes it away, or if he gaslights me and turns it back onto me saying, you're so deep or like, you're so serious all the time. Let's just lighten things up. Eh, that's an avoidant moving. Now, if I've already jumped into the relationship phase and then these things happen, I'm kind of screwed. It's harder because you've invested more time and energy and now you're in a committed labeled relationship, when those red flags come up, it's more difficult. So I want to do this in the dating phase rather than the relationship phase. Are you going into the relationship thinking, oh, I can change that about him? In a relationship, that will be different. Oh my gosh. That is such a big lie that we tell ourselves. Like, it doesn't matter if it's like, oh, he'll eat healthier when I'm in a relationship with him or you know, he will start to love himself because I will love him. That was my big one. I knew I was with a partner that didn't have a lot of self-love, but I thought myself, I thought my abundant amount of love was going to change that. Mm, guess what? That's not my job. I don't want that responsibility ever again. So now I will not get into a relationship with someone who does not love themselves. My future relationship is going to be someone that loves himself like I love myself. So therefore, we can love each other. That will be my, I won't settle until I find that. And if I don't find it, I'm okay because I'm good on my own. So we're not going to change them. If you are dating them and things are coming up like, oh, I wish he, you know, was better with his money or boy, I wish this or I wish he was more clean. His apartment is messy. Uh -uh. 
If it bugs you now, it will bug you later. Trust me, been there. The things that I was hoping to change did not change. The other thing I want to talk about about relationships is I used to base my worthiness on being in a relationship. Our society is so relationship worthy based. I used to think that I was a failure for being single. Not anymore. There are plenty of unhappy married people and unhappy people in relationships. That is not success. I've been there. And I used to think that being single and alone was worse than being in a relationship that was unhealthy or not fulfilling. No, I have built my life up to be so beautiful and fulfilling and gratifying that I am happy as a single person now. And you can be too. I can teach you how to do that. And I talked a little bit about, I'm a giver, man, I'm a great girlfriend. I'm a great friend. I'm a great, like I give abundant amounts of love, but I was in the habit of giving to men who were not healthy enough to accept it. That's number one and be able to reciprocate it. And some of them faked it at the beginning because they really want to be that. I don't, I don't, I'm not offended. I don't, I'm not mad at them for faking it because here's why they fake that. They want to be that way. They want to be that way. They want to give abundant love. They want to be in a healthy relationship. They're just not healthy enough. So I have learned how to spot those men. Well, sometimes, you know, it's, I'm not perfect at it, but if you haven't done the work, Mm -mm. I'm going to move on. Go do your work if you want to date me. He did a great job. My, my ex-boyfriend, he did a great job of reciprocating it for a really long time, but he was not healthy enough to sustain it. And that started to happen. And you guys, that took two and a half years. That took, you know, two years for us to figure that out. Do I consider it a waste of time? No. He wanted to be that person. Oops. <laughs> That's my timer to go get in the shower. Um, so what do we want in a future partner? What do we want in a future relationship? It's so important in the dating phase to know ourselves, but to also know our future partner. And the more that we do, the more we will recognize it when it comes our way. So all relationships and experiences lead to the next level of clarity and awareness. And so I don't think anything is a waste of time. Before, I thought I was clear. Now that I'm further along in my journey, I realize I'm even more clear now. Now I'm going to talk about the pie graph. I'm a visual person. I have never created this pie graph, but it's in my mind. Dating provides clarity about your own pie graph. And while the pie graph slices don't really change, some items in the slices can vary a little bit. So my pie graph has one-dimensional, two-dimensional, and three-dimensional. The one-dimensional pie slice, they're important, but they're not deal breakers. These are the... this. Pie slice is like the le this is the smallest piece of my pie. There are things like lifestyle, location, hobbies, ages of children, dogs versus cats, music choices, that kind of stuff. Like it'd be really great if we were aligned in those things, but again, not a deal breaker. I call them one dimensional because these are the things that we find out in the talking and beginning stages of dating. Like this is the small talk. This is, hey, what are you doing this weekend? I'm going mountain bike riding. Oh, I'm going running. You know, oh, what are your favorite foods? What are your favorite music? This is the smallest piece of my pie. The two, the, the 
bigger piece, but not the biggest, although it's right behind the biggest, is the two-dimensional. These could actually be deal breakers. For me, height, because I'm 4'11", it's not a deal breaker that someone's over 5'10", but I'll tell you, my sweet spot is 5'7 to 5'10". I just find physical chemistry easier, better, more adaptable with someone who's closer to my height. But again, I've had serious relationships with men that were six foot and over, and it's not a deal breaker, but it is, it is more important than the one dimensional jobs. <laughs> do they have a job? <laughs> what kind of job do they have? Is it a stable job? Again, I, I'm an entrepreneur. So I like entrepreneurs. It's not going to be a deal breaker, but stability in their life is a deal breaker. It's different than a job, right? Um, living situation. I don't want them living with their moms, not even really roommates. Like hopefully they're grown men living on their own, preferably owning a place, but I live in Southern California. So that's not even a deal breaker because it's really hard to own. I live in one of the most expensive places in the world. So um, another two-dimensional for me is alcohol and substance con consumption, obviously because of my last relationship, and never been married. Um, it's not a deal breaker. It's a case-by-case -case situation, but if they've never been married, that is a red flag that needs investigating. Um, that could be a signal of commitment issues, not always, but a lot of the time. So what are my three dimensional? And I can't, I can't say enough. The three dimensional ones are the ones that take the most time. They're the most important to me, but they take the most time, which is why, again, the dating phase is sacred. Um, does he speak my love language naturally? I don't want to teach someone at this stage of the game to speak my love language, which is words of affirmation, physical touch and quality time are right close behind. But I just stepped out of a dating situation with a guy because even though, let me talk about the five love languages for just a second. I'm not going to go into what they are. If you don't know about the five love languages, they're so great for every relationship in our life, including our children, including our coworkers. Um, five love languages are by Gary Chapman, and he has one out for singles, of course. So um, I can validate myself. I can give myself words of affirmation. I'm really great at that now. However, if I'm in a romantic relationship, I do like to hear that from my partner. It can be both. I can be really good at it at the same time as wanting it from my partner as well. And this one guy had a lot of things going, but he wasn't a words of effort. It wasn't natural for him. And so that was one of the big deal breakers for me. Um, my other three dimensionals, which are my biggest piece of the pie is emotional availability. Hands down. You've got to be able to feel your feelings and express your feelings, period. And the way that, you know, there's subtle ways to observe this. When I get emotional, if I'm crying in a movie, how comfortable is he with that? Okay. Does he get emotional? Talking about family members, talking about parents who died, talking about past relationships. I don't want to dwell in past relationships, but when he references them, does he gloss over the hurt or the disappointment? Or does he say, yeah, like it was a really hard time for me, but you know, I got through it. I, those are the things that I'm looking for. Of course, the talking phase, we're not going to find that. It really takes a lot of dating. Also taking responsibility for self and life. This was a big red flag that I missed is blaming others, playing the victim. Now I look for that. Yes, physical chemistry. 
it's important. I want to feel my tummy tickle. I want to be excited about seeing him again. I want him, I want to want him to kiss me. Also, beliefs about money and respectful conflict resolution. So that's my pie. Um, and those are the things that I'm looking for. We are almost done. I could talk for hours on this, but I want to end with self-compassion. There is no good, bad, right or wrong way to do it. It just is. You're learning. You're going to make mistakes. If there's things that are coming up in regards to shame or especially around sex, observe them. What does it mean? Where does it come from? I know for me, I really went through a, like learning about my true beliefs about sex and my own sexuality to come out the other side to where I don't have shame about it anymore, which is why I'll be doing a whole podcast episode about it. But my friend reminded me, I'm an overanalyzer. I'm a thinker. I'm very self-aware. My good friend, shout out to my awesome friend, um, reminded me, don't overanalyze while you're dating. Just be, just stay present. Just observe. Give yourself grace. Dating is a journey from one space to the next, to the next, to the next. And if we're judging ourselves along the way, it's going to be difficult. And you're going to have a closed heart. And a closed heart will never lead to what you want in dating. Self-compassion creates an open heart. And dating with an open heart is the best way to date. My dating journey has gone from one step to the next and beating ourselves up along the way changes our vibrational energy. Have you ever looked on a dating profile and you could tell the person is angry, hurt, wounded? You can tell, right? We put our energy out there. So if we have a lot of love and self-compassion for ourselves, that's what we're putting out and that's what we're going to attract. And lastly, the reason that I've been able to get to this space is because I have focused on fulfilling myself first. I focused on the last four years, what it's like to give to myself first. I've learned how to self-soothe. I've learned how to make myself happy when I'm, I've, I've learned how to embrace loneliness to where in my last relationship, if you heard me speak, I was constantly saying his love is just the icing on my cake. Like I'm complete and fulfilled on my own. And what he gives me is just the icing on my cake. I knew I had to be 100% happy on my own, not 100% happy all the time. That's not, that's not life. I'm saying that I can make myself happy. And I made it my journey to do that. I talked about it at the beginning. Focus on you. You can focus on you while dating. I focused on me while in relationship. Now that I'm single, I can honestly say I have a wonderfully full, fulfilling life on my own. I have unconditionally loving friends. I love my alone time and my own space. And you guys, I couldn't say that two years ago. This is because of the teachings that I teach on my page, in my coaching, and in my groups. Have a joy list. Embrace perks of being alone. Have rituals and practices that keep you connected to yourself. Spiritual practices, gratitude practices, meditation, yoga, all of those things. And as you practice those things while you are dating, oh my gosh, you are going to have so much fun like I am right now. Did you know on my stories on Instagram at Jenny underscore Drake underscore, I talk about the specific dates that I'm going on and the guys and all that. So tune into my stories on Instagram if you want to hear all the nitty gritty. It's so much fun. It's so much fun being me and being secure in me 
and going out and dating. But guess what? I got to go because I'm actually going on a date. We're going out on a boat ride and having lunch together. So, so much fun. And I'm so grateful that you were here. Do me a favor. If you're an Apple podcast listener, will you please, please, please give me a rating or a review and definitely reach out to me on Instagram at Jenny underscore Drake underscore. I want to hear about your dating experiences and I want to hear about your self-love journey. I love you so much. You are so beautiful. Thanks so much for being here. Much love.